hey, I'm glad you're here. The title of this podcast seems obvious to some, but being that I grew up in the aisles of my dad's video store in the era of VHS tapes, and many listeners don't own physical media, I thought I'd explain it. So the VHS in VHS tapes stands for Video Home System, and I use them to isolate myself, to escape the world, and to escape people. So now I use those films to bring people together and hopefully talk about films in a different way. So now for us, it means video, home, and us, the host, the guest, and the listener. As a result of this podcast, I've met many different and wonderful people, people who I consider to be part of, well, my people. And that really is so much of what we long for and hope to find. People with shared interests or passions who find something that in its own special way brings them together in an experience that bonds them. That is really what's at the heart of this episode. Well, that and a murderous baboon. So let's get to it. The film is Shockma, the guest is a LARPer, and this is VHS. Hello and welcome to VHS, the podcast where each episode is about a film and the guest has a profession or experiences portrayed in the film. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at VHUS underscore podcast. And I'm joined in the studio today by Rhiannon, who is a 10-year veteran LARP player, writer, and coordinator. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Now, people can see an example of one of your RPGs at rhichi.itch.io. Is that correct? Yes. Richie is my itch.io site. Um, you can find my collaborative RPG that I wrote there. It's called Across Eons. And it is a communication game where you have to live with the distance, not just in space, but also in time of living on a planet or in the stars. Wow. That puts it in perspective for me because I looked at it and I could not tell you what was happening. I was, <laughs> I, so I was like, this is the perfect person for this episode because you want someone that has the kind of experience that you have, but also the uh, like sort of uh, individual um, expertise, if you will. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk to the person that just discovered something. I want to talk to the person that's <laughs> lived in it and that knows the world. So thank you again for being here. No problem. Anytime I get to be a nerd. <laughs> well, in addition to the reason that you're here, you are also a mental health advocate working on making therapy more accessible to everyone. And people can right. find more about that on your website, unmute dot today is it dot com it's just unmute dot today okay i i didn't know if my i cut, cut that off on accident there and you're no. also unmute uh, dot today on instagram and on facebook mm -hmm. uh, would you mind telling me just a little bit about what unmute is absolutely so unmute is a national platform we are a free service to people who are seeking therapy and we connect them with therapists we do our best to really lower the barriers because sometimes the hardest step in therapy is actually finding the person to help you through sure. it. Um, especially when a lot of people go to therapy because maybe they don't have the energy or the motivation or the executive function um, or they have social anxiety. Like these are issues therapy can help with, but also make it really hard to connect with strangers. Gotcha. So we do all of that work and we help match up people's profiles with therapist profiles to make sure that we're making good, strong connections for them. 
And on the therapist side, we're helping them fill up their books and start their businesses rather than having to go chase leads and do the business stuff so they can just be therapists. That's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, before we get too far, we should probably just talk about what is a LARP? A LARP. So LARP stands for live action role play. It's any scenario where you are assuming a character within a role playing setting. So there are many, many types of LARP, very, I guess, prevalent in terms of the mainstream for what you would hear as LARP is something like in the movie Role Models, where it's, oh, yes. you know, people running around in fantasy gear and like hitting each other with foam swords. Um, obviously, that's a caricaturized version of it, but it's not awfully far off. Um, I've played in so many LARPs. Um, so I have played in fantasy LARPs. I have played in science fiction LARPs, uh, steampunk, post-apocalyptic, uh, cyberpunk, which is like, if you think like Blade Runner. Yeah, um, yeah. Those kind of settings. It can be anything. I've, I've played in a LARP where everybody was Keanu Reeves, but just a different, <laughs> different oh, wow. aspect of Keanu Reeves. So they can be lighthearted. They can be anywhere from like an hour long to a campaign that runs for 10 years or more. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's it's a giant microcosm and to try to sit and explain it would take the entire movie probably. Yes, <laughs> but, um, yes, exactly. It's fun, it's fun. It's like being improv, it, it's like doing improv and you're both the actor and the audience. Oh, wow, that's a great yeah. way to put it. It's, it's great, I love it. Well, the reason we're brought together today is because of the film Shakma. Was this a first time yeah. watch for you? Uh, it was, in fact. I was uh, I was ready to be impressed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if you get there. Uh, at the time of this recording, you can find Shockmon Blu-ray from Code Red. You can rent it at your local video store like Movie Madness here in Portland, Oregon, or stream it on Tubi, I guess is what they said. The synopsis is students are trapped with a testy baboon while playing a fantasy game in a research building. <laughs> Testy baboon, you yeah, say. I know. That's what they say. Pretty much an understatement once we get into this. Uh, let's put the film in context. The director is Hugh Parks. He did Deadly Innocence in 89, Dream Trap in 90, Shockman 90, and then Vampire Wars in 96, which was never released. Uh, it's co-directed by Tom Logan, who also wrote and co-directed Dream Trap and Shockman 90. He's still working today doing TV. Uh, I listened to the commentary for this film and he couldn't be the sweetest man. He, I mean, he could be the sweetest man I've ever, I've ever listened Aww. to. Um, he was just a real sweetheart. And anyone wanting to watch Shockmo but thinking that there might be some kind of, a, of animal abuse that took place, they filmed all of their interactions with the uh, baboon so that everyone would know that they, there was no mistreatment that ever happened. So despite this being a movie about a, a, a insane baboon, they were not... Um, electrocuting the baboon or doing anything mischievous <laughs> involved. It's just naturally testy. It was just oh yeah, born curmudgeonly. Well, they get into it for sure. And we'll definitely touch on, on Typhoon's way of being. But the cinematographer is Andre Bieber. He did Dream Trap, Shockma, actually all the same stuff that I've already previously listed. This was a tight-knit group and they just continued to give each other work, which I love to see. Our editor is Mike Palma, did Deadly Innocence, Death Trap, Shockma. Ah, it's all the same stuff that <laughs> I'm I've shocked. mentioned. I'm yeah, It just keeps going. Uh, okay, so which one of them was independently wealthy? Oh, none of them, actually. Uh, <laughs> wow. There, yeah, there was a film company that 
the uh, first director, Hugh Parks, had started called Quest. And that's sort of how this movie came about. And then I think it got most of its money, I believe, because it was shot at Universal in Florida. So Ooh. I think it was like somehow universally funded. Um, our actors, we have Christopher Atkins from Blue Lagoon in 1980, One Night in Heaven, Beaks, and then uh, Amanda Weiss is our love interest. She's from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Nightmare on Elm Street the same year, Silverado, Better Off Dead, and she's still going strong. So that's always good to see. And then of course, Roddy McDowell, uh, who's our professor. He's in Planet of the Apes, Overboard, Class of 84, Fright Night, Cutting Class, and just a ton more. He's a, he's a real treat. And they shot all of his stuff in uh, seven days. I believe. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Shockma is played by Typhoon, who had previously been in the movie The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Aww. Uh, yeah. Um, they, he would, uh, Typhoon would let you know he's done acting for the day by literally destroying the set. Um, so it's a lot of that found its way into the film. Uh, right around eight hours was when Sh when uh, Typhoon was done and they just he just start breaking things and they'd be like okay that's a, that's a wrap on typhoon i mean um, in all fairness that's how i start to get right, right. After about eight hours of work i'm i'm ripping doors off and i'm like nope i'm done yeah Give me some tropical fruit and a nap i'm out exactly uh shakma also chose the director as the uh, baboons are so cantankerous and dangerous um if there was someone that that typhoon did not like they could not be in the room because he would attack them so, so this is the only film where a baboon got final call for the director. <laughs> That's amazing. He's a method actor. Yes. Yeah, he very much is. Yes. Uh, so let's press play on Shakma. We start with some epic music on the outside of a building. We get the title card, which just looks super lovely and bright red. And we find ourselves in an operating room as people graphically operate... <laughs> And the students look on watching. It like this movie starts off, and you're like, "Well, okay, this is a horror movie, obviously." That's true. Yeah. You know, Content warning: open heart surgery. Yeah, straight in Immediately. there. Immediately. A bone saw is introduced, and then just to really drive it home, they stick a needle into whatever kind of exposed tissue. It's like, okay, I got it. Uh, the first line is Professor about that game tonight. So uh, this character Richard really wants to get in on the LARP. Professor, um, about that game tonight. Not now, Richard. It's pretty fascinating to see. And then we see a person at a computer and Christopher Atkins enters and picks up a walkie-talkie and the computer guy says, We can't talk to each other. Why? I set the frequencies. We can only talk to the game master. Oh. Is a game master a technical term for LARPing? <laughs> game master predates LARPing, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so game master... I now I'm I'm not you know a LARP anthropologist so you know I'm not perfect <laughs> but game master kind of derives from dungeon master so from uh, Dungeons and Dragons gotcha so game master is or GM as you may call it uh, is just whoever is running the game whoever's okay. running the the scenario um, depending on the game they may be called a game master they might be called um, a sto the storyteller senior staff owner whatever whoever it is director um but yeah game masters like actually like gm is something you hear more in tabletop role playing okay a lot of times in larps for for a larp is it 
like written like my brother does Dungeons and Dragons and does the kind of campaigns and designs yeah. the dungeons and that kind of stuff where he's kind of scripted out what they're going to encounter does that exist in LARP or is it more like in some movies where you just see it's a random free-for-all in a field yeah absolutely so both um so there are two groups of people in a LARP usually there are the players who are the people who actually pay to go and like you know, they flesh out their characters, they have a character progression, they experience the story. Okay. And then there's staff or cast, they're often called cast. Um, and they are the ones who run the game. They present the story in which the players explore. And for them, yes, for them, there are a lot of times where the plots are written out ahead of time. Mm. And that's twofold. That's one to maintain continuity. But also because some of the cast members who go out and play these roles, also known as non-player characters or NPCs, the people who go out as NPCs aren't necessarily on writing staff. They don't necessarily know what the story is or what their character is supposed to be. So um, the staff writes up plot documents so that they can hand them out so that characters you know, okay. can go out and understand what they're doing. Um, but it's different from a tabletop where it's usually just the GM is running the scenario and they're talking everything through. In live action role play, you need the physical bodies to go out and do it. Got it. So more, a lot more prep ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I designed the program to come up with the code words and clues, assign which classrooms are caverns, locations of the weapons, keys, reveal crystals, all that. And we see they created a computer program to track the game that they're about to play, which has classrooms that are marked as dungeons. Uh, this is how you do it, right? Oh yeah, all the time, <laughs> classrooms and dungeons. Um, actually the most likely kind of place that we do at least up in New England is uh, campsites. We use Boy Scout camps. We use 4-H camps. Uh -huh. We do have a couple sites that were built to be LARP sites, but for the most part, you know, you're off in the woods in cabins and um, we will designate buildings for particular plots. We'll, you know, mark off pads in the woods where quests are gonna go. Um, we'll do, a lot of games have things called mods which are modular plots or mod buildings, which are modular buildings. And they're like a garage or like a large empty oh, okay. whatever building where you can just like stack blocks and rearrange the room and use tarps. And you just build different sets inside that building throughout the weekend. That's, that's really interesting because this entire film is shot in two rooms and two hallways. Yeah. So essentially there are, building mods because they're moving those planters around and they're like yes. you know, this is a different floor i mean i watched it I mean, i've seen it a couple times uh and i thought oh yeah there's definitely six floors to this building and they're moving back and forth through them all and then you hear them say that it's two rooms and then when you i listen to the commentary and they're like oh yeah you've seen this room 18 times already and i was like that's incredible that they're they're re you know they're moving desks and setting things you know it's i don't know yeah so, th so they that's were exactly really kind of larping yeah. And in campaign LARPs, especially, you're working with limited space and you have to make these large immersive worlds. So, you know, you'll have a scenario where, um, you know, one of the games I play is called Future Imperfect and it's a space colonization game. And 
we have a site and the site is supposed to be the entire colony, which like branches like, you know, an entire planet. Right. And how, how do you how do you replicate that with like a barn and a tavern and like a liftgate garage and some cabins? And like you have to do that and you have to like say, OK, this building like it's the sewers. It's our main complex. And now it's like this totally other place and another colony like you. The staff and cast of LARPs work tirelessly. I have I have run LARPs before and staffed them and it just we don't sleep a lot right (laughs) we eat a lot of Doritos and drink energy drinks and it keeps us up (laughs) sounds pretty good uh what's the big difference between like cosplay LARPing and like D&D or a tabletop game okay so the really reductive answer is Mm -hmm. LARP is cosplay plus D&D um Whoa, so well put. (laughs) Um, Cosplay or costume play for the uninitiated is when you dress up in the costume or the outfit, uh, usually of a character from a book series, television series, whatever that you really like and admire, Uh, but it's not Halloween. So you may be at like a convention or doing a photo shoot or doing something like that. That's cosplay. Um, but when you're cosplaying, generally you are not embodying the persona of the character. You're just wearing the clothing and you'll, you know, you might act that way for photos, but you're not like, I am actually Sephiroth. Like, yeah, it's different. Um, with D&D, with tabletop RPGs or TTRPGs, we have so many acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a brief aside, we have so many acronyms. I could just write a dictionary on them. Um, I have to look things up all the time because I'm like, I don't know what that stands for. Yeah, there needs to be like nerd Google. Yes. (laughs) That would work. Uh, People would know why that works. Um, So yeah, but in tabletops, you, most of the times you just wear what you're wearing. You don't dress up and your, your character progression, again, there are a lot of types of RPGs, but when you think of Dungeons, Dragons, things like that, there's character progression that is measured in experience points Mm -hmm. and skill points. Um, Combat and encounters are settled through rolls of dice and, you know, bonuses and math. It's math and it's numbers and it's sitting. LARP, you are, you're wearing the costume. You are there physically. You are embodying the persona. You are doing character progression, but you are doing, ready for another acronym, WYSIWYG, which means- WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Okay. So many LARPs go off WYSIWYG where it's like if you're fighting, if you're in a combat, you are going to actively be in a combat. Mm. If you're, you know, you're fighting a demon, it's going to be someone with a demon mask on and they might have wings on or something and they're swinging at you with giant foam claws and you have to actually fight that. You don't get to just roll and say, I defeat you. Uh, Okay. You have to do it. Um, and there are definitely games where you can, you get like character points or experience points. So you can progress your character between events and unlock cool spells and abilities. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you don't get to just sit back and say, oh, I roll or whatever. It's like, you have to just like do it. Wow. It's well, intense. Yeah. In Shockma, there's a computer guy who's a total creep. I don't know if you picked up on that at all. Was Bradley? Yeah, Bradley. Yeah, Sir Bradley. 
Everything he says, I'm like, ugh. I just feel yeah. filthy the entire time he talks. Well, who's wearing that? Tracy. I slipped one in her pocket. <laughs> I put trackers on every floor. So now, if all the quest nights have these, then the game master can monitor our progress through the tower. He reveals yeah. that they have trackers all over the building. And then Richard tries to get in the game and he tells them he has to see the game master. That's the only way to get in. How do you get into a LARP? Money. <laughs> okay, perfect. So people pay for the experience. Yes. Uh, some There are some companies that are LARP companies that oh. their business model is they produce and run LARPs and people pay to go to them. Um, some are community driven and some which what we call like theater LARPs or parlor LARPs, they're only run one-offs. So they're not a campaign. And so they might go to a convention. Um, Intercon is a well-known convention in the Northeast that does theater LARPs uh, okay. throughout the weekend. So you would pay to get into the, the convention and then you can sign up and register for those games. I'll be working long hours at the hospital and you'll have to stay home and and cook my meals and and like mend my socks and give me little sams yeah right when pigs fly i'll be just as busy as you sam doing what running my engineering firm which i started sam is very condescending to a woman about her having a job and then a rat jumps on him and he says he's trained it to attack feminists uh, yeah um, i was just like oh sam. hi 1990 yeah it's just well, he's supposed to be our hero, kind of, in this thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh. So who's this poor fella? Yeah, it's Shockma. Shockma? What did you guys do? Uh, the baboon is, is wielded in from surgery, and we learn that it's Shockma who's injected with Hortocorpa, or something to that effect, which normally enrages things, but it can have the reverse effect. Cue Shockma to wake up and call bullshit on that theory as he immediately <laughs> flies into a blind rage. <laughs> It's like the anti-Chekhov's gun. It's like, he might be calm. No. Nope. Like, <laughs> you never see that. Not once. No, it's so insane. And so Sam injects Shockma. It was the second injection, and we're like five minutes into the movie. Uh, and then Shockma chills out. Enter the professor who says, We'll hit him with another 200. That would kill him. Let's not make it any worse. Well, there's got to be something that you can... Sam... He would never be the same. They're already going to kill this poor baboon. They're off um, to a great start. Yeah, Sam gets a needle ready, but he's busy talking and grabs the wrong thing to put them into the needle. Uh, and then Richard from the beginning wants to get into the game, so they make him nemesis, an ugly little demon. He would be perfect. So what does he have to do? You lurk in the caverns awaiting the quest knights as they move through the tower to save the princess on the top floor. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Do people just get pre-made characters in LARP or do you usually design a character or is Nemesis an NPC? Nemesis is an NPC. Okay. Correct. So not only is Nemesis an NPC, Nemesis is the BBG or the BBEG. What? So the BBG is the big bad guy um, or BBEG, big bad evil guy, depending on your terminology. Okay. And that's the person that you got to defeat. That is something that is shared between tabletop and LARP. Most plot lines in both end up with a BBG that you have to take down at the end. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's Nemesis to a T. Though to answer your other question, yes, there are some games where you would get a precast character. Those are way more prevalent in theater LARPs. 
where you only have maybe two to six hours, sometimes up to a weekend, but often like, you know, a few hours to embody the character and play out the scenario. So a lot of times they're pre-generated. Okay, that makes sense. Saving on time, I guess. Yeah. Sam returns to sleeping Shockma and can't kill him, so Richard injects him, but it's the wrong thing. Dun, dun, dun. What are you doing? I thought you wanted me to cremate him. Did I say that? Yes, sir. Back in the lab. I have to do a necropsy. Whatever you say. Yeah, you, you just leave him right there. Yeah, I'll come in and... What is today? Friday. Well, I'll come in tomorrow and I'll do it. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. You just like gave him like super cocaine and they're like, put him in this room with yeah, fire. It'll be it's okay. totally good. Uh, Laura shows up and asks Richard what he's doing and he says he's working late. Are you getting ready for the game tonight? Yeah, you still going to be a princess? Yeah, I'd love to if you're not mad at me. Enter the princess who admits to Sam that she told Richard and that's how he found out. She's the princess that must wait at the top of the building. Um, she's also the only character that has a costume, uh, yes. which is, I was confused about that, but um, Laura finds out that Richard's playing a game and she calls him a child. This is something we see if LARPing or even tabletop gaming is still mm-hmm. introduced in a film. It's instantly like, oh, they're a child and it's played for comedy. Yeah. You know, you never see LARPing or anything showing like what I'm hearing, which is like a sense of community and mm-hmm. actually intelligence. Like it's not just a bunch of people like acting like yeah. children, you know? Yeah. And I, I honestly, I think one of the biggest issues with it is that like American adults are taught to not play games. Yeah. They're taught to not enjoy themselves and like do things that are considered frivolous or silly. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they're expected to have grown-up activities and hobbies, like sports, which I guess aren't games, or (laughs) drinking with your friends and complaining about your spouse. Um, Yeah. But let me go off on toxic monogamy, but, um, (laughs) but, you know, LARPing is, it's, it's, it's not, like, it's not just a silly little kid thing. It is, it is physically intense, number Mm. one. Um, I went to WPI, Worcester Polytech Institute, and they actually, we got LARP to be considered a gym class. You could get PE credit for doing it because it's it's aerobic exercise. It's like, it's it's really good for you. Um, You're building community. You're telling stories. You're writing stories. You're you're getting a lot out of it. I have friends who have gotten over their fears of public speaking, who have... um, been able to come out um, as transgender and transition in LARP before in real life. Like wow. I, I have used LARP. I mean, I, I wouldn't have found my husband if I didn't LARP. Um, like most of most of my most important relationships come through LARP. It is, it's real. It's it has a real positive impact on people. It can have a negative impact on people. I'm not saying it's like the panacea to all social woes, but there's a dark side of LARP. There's a dark side of LARP. There's a couple dark sides of LARP, which we can get into as we talk about creepy Sir Bradley. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) But but yeah, no, it's it's real. It it has actual impact and it's much more than just like a frivolous pursuit. 
Yeah, it just seems thrown in in what I've seen in movies like a Knights of Badassdom. That's that's yeah. LARPing, right? I know yep. it's, it's always played for like, look, I'm dressed as a knight. <laughs> like, haha, why would you do that? Like, yeah, it's just shit. like, yeah, <laughs> leave me your know, dreams. Can I say bad words on this? Yeah, yeah, you can say whatever. You want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who gives a patoot? Yeah, <laughs> you could just have to make it an acronym if you could. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> SOB. Uh, a guy <laughs> enters in a mask and, and uh, Sam says, Anyway, what I was about to say before I brown my shorts, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, this is another thing Sam says where I'm just like, and everybody <laughs>, laughs and I'm like, you're an adult and you just said you browned your shorts. like That's some 90s, like pure gold yeah, right there. Yeah. Like, oh. It was amazing. Richard gets dropped off and he's wearing a letterman's jacket, but like, isn't he 35? I'm like, who is still wearing like a high school letterman's jacket? That's like I mean, a... I guess technically he's still in school, right? Like he's a med student. Oh so... yeah, I guess he hasn't, he just looks older. Yeah. Well, cause they always do because yeah. 35 year old teenagers, that's what Hollywood wants. That's true. <laughs> that's that's true. the people demand. Well, it also, uh, other than Chris Atkins and, um, um, Amanda Weiss the other all the other cast are Florida uh, actors they just oh. people that lived in Florida so uh, Richard was just there you know he wasn't flown in from from Hollywood or anything so they just found him on the street they're like hey you want 20 bucks you'll work your nemesis yeah you're gonna you're gonna get eaten by a monkey yeah then Richard comes in and he doesn't even seem like he wants to play the game I'm like why did they bring him in because he's just like I just want the game over it's like you didn't need to be here <laughs> You chose this. Yeah, it's so weird. There's always that one guy too at yes. a LARP who's just like, from the moment they oh. get out of your, their car, you just fucking know. You're like, oh, great. That's the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. But he would be the worst to be nemesis because it's like you said, you have to battle him. He doesn't know yeah. any rules. He doesn't know how he would attack anybody. Like yeah, just... that's a thing. Like there are, we... We have many names for them, um, like tryhards and rhino hiders and uh, cheaters. Rhino um, hiders. Rhino hider. So a rhino hider is somebody who is like in combat, generally, when you are hit with the weapon or, you know, the nerf bullet, whatever it is, you are supposed to acknowledge that you were hit okay. and perhaps lose your armor or lose a hit point rhino hiders well they have skin as tough as a rhino so uh, it doesn't matter how much you wail on them they're not going to take any damage at all um and you can just like sit there just like just wailing on them and they're like no no effect i'm amazing i'm here to win the game and it's like bro oh no <laughs> no and then they crazy. brown their shorts it's all yes yes richard did you forget to do the fifth floor? It's all labs. I thought we'd leave most of it lit. Oh, no, that makes it too easy. Go back, follow the charts. The computer lab is a cavern. See, it should be dark. The bio lab... Well, I was thinking, there's $100,000 worth of equipment back there. Shouldn't they be secured? I'm locking the building up tight. I think we can trust our own group. Well, I know, but I was just... Richard... Go make the changes. We get awesome suspense music as Richard turns lights out and locks doors. Very important sequence in the film. Uh, in these shots, we see texture on the walls, and that texture was actually oatmeal mixed with paint because the matte 
effect on the wall. It was just too boring. So they wanted to <laughs> sort of stucco it. They fake stuccoed it. Yeah, but the problem is Typhoon loves oatmeal. So oh, no. in between shots, the the baboon's just eating paint off the walls. Oh no, it's like licking the wall candy. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. just uh it's very unfortunate. Um I will say Typhoon lived a very long and happy life long after this movie, so he he didn't die of, uh, of paint chips. Okay, the building's locked up tight. Nobody gets out until we have a rescue princess and a defeated demon. I'll pass these out. Oh, Brad, I've given each one of the homing devices an identity of its own, so just for fun, let's try and figure out which character you are. Huh? Oh, great. Huh. All right, well, go down to the second floor as soon as you're ready. Oh, I, I, your starting location's on the scrolls inside. Yeah, I'll start contacting you in a few minutes. Let the game begin. The professor says that they will each learn who they are as they go, and they each get starting scrolls. Is this something you've seen where you just don't even have a character and someone's just like, here's your scroll? This is the part where you, I started to realize that this was less a LARP and more an escape room. So, interesting. like you said, nobody except the princess, and I think Nemesis has a mask, but nobody else has any costuming. Um, they're kind of like, saying oh yeah i'm i'm sir richard whatever but like they're not into it and their goal is this is your hard start this is your hard finish find the clues and get there that is very escape room um there are also there are small games that are like that that are exploratory like that but they're they're not super larpy because there's no persona and there's not a lot of role playing involved now did torrance give you the code phrase yeah. Now remember, don't come out until you hear it recited in order. I know, I know. I'll be here, suitably distressed and awaiting rescue. And I have a little surprise. A surprise? We'll see. We learned that the princess gets a coded phrase she must hear before she can be seen. Uh, the game master is the professor. Uh, he radios Sam, who says, I've received a key and awaiting a request to progress, which is granted. He calls Tracy and she is trying a clue at room 211 and he says he will make note of it. We then see the creepy computer guys back and under a sheet and we see a cool retro computer screen that is asking for a code, which is of course, Frodo. Of course, yeah. Frodo, because you know, every LARP is Lord of the Rings. Right, yeah. You know, nerds, they like what? Uh, Tolkien, that's about the Tolkien. only thing, right? That they yeah. could like. Game master. Yeah, I I'm here. Go ahead. Over. I'd like a key to room 414. Okay. Hold on a minute. Over. Uh, the creepy guy asked to enter room 414 where Nemesis is, but Richard hides under a desk, and the computer guy leaves, much to the confusion of the game master. Uh, creepy guy's just killing it at this point until he hears something in the specimen room. So he fills his hand with glitter, which is supposed to be immobilization crystals. Which uh, could be. So one point on glitter. Oh, okay. So in my community, we call glitter glurpies. Glurpies. Um, it, it's glitter herpes. <laughs> um, so glitter is known to be like the bane of costuming because all you need to do is like have one glitter 
on one finger and suddenly it's everywhere. It's in your trunk. It's in your bag. It's in your kit. It's on your clothes. You have Glurpees now forever. And everyone you come in contact to will have Glurpees forever. (laughs) I saw a meme that was talking about uh, people explaining the coronavirus spread. And it's like, you have five people doing art. One person's using glitter. How many art projects have glitter? (laughs) all of them yeah always that's it's exactly accurate and it's actually there are some games that like ban glitter yeah because like beyond the fact that it's annoying and you can never wash it out of your costuming um especially reused costuming for npcs it's not very environmentally friendly and so if you're like tossing glitter packets around and it's like getting on the ground birds and squirrels are gonna eat it and get washed away and it's it's a like it's a problem so no glitter no thank you yeah use oatmeal instead use oatmeal there you go no no glurpees with oatmeal the crystals do not immobilize anybody including shakma who's there eating all the other animals (laughs) and that's the end of bradley (laughs) uh now thank god yeah uh, are crystals like this similar to like when um, I swear once I, I saw a news segment on LARPing and they had a uh, maybe it was like a wizard throwing colored tennis balls. Is this a similar like where you have is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. So there are. So some LARPs have really intense and really professional props, um, really, really well crafted, um, you know, crystals props um costumes weapons scenery people will put a lot into it which is part of why some some games can be really expensive to play mm-hmm. is because the staff of them they're like actually artisans and they will put a lot of time and money into it yeah um i have a friend who runs a group i'm just plugging everyone today i have a friend who, who runs a company called doom forge and he does these spectacular weapons um doom forge doom forge designs it's actually um uh twins who larp and they i brens is gonna kill me if i don't remember if it's him or him and kevin but um uh it's it's run run i think by brendan doherty um and the like the detail on these weapons are just like incredible and he's not the only one. There are people who do like everything, um, including crystals. <laughs> so yeah, you see those things. Um, you also see um, things like they're called like spell packets or spell props, um, which are the things that they would throw. So we don't really use tennis balls, but we use um, birdseed filled cloth pouches, again, because of the environmental mm-hmm. and because we don't want birds to eat like plastic pellets or rubber or rice so we try to be sustainable nice we the royal we the entire new england larp community i speak for them i like that well in this case you are sort of so richard over what is it you old coot yes game master richard here over where are you over see now on us or what still in 414 sir over nemesis gets relocated and told to check on creepy bradley uh richard finds a bloody walkie-talkie and shakma chases him into a closet and he begins wailing on it this is the first time we see 
Shakma attacking a door, something we're going to see a lot in this film. Yep, um, I think Typhoon is cranky. Yes, and the way that they got Typhoon to do this, because there is an animatronic, a stuffed, and the real Typhoon in mm. the film. Most of what you see happen is is a real uh, is Typhoon really doing it. And the way they did it is there's two trainers. There's mm -hmm. a positive trainer, which is the trainer Shockma likes, and there's the trainer Shockma dislikes. So to cool. get Shockma to attack a door, you just put that person Shockma doesn't like on the other side of the door, and Shockma is really trying to kill that person. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a crazy? Wow, that's wow. Probably got some great hazard pay though. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what what that trainer did to piss shock off so well that's, that's the thing is it just didn't like the look of certain people that's how they chose the director is like oh. typhoon i guess it's very common with baboons that if they start raising their eyebrows like you see typhoon do in the movie uh it doesn't look like mean like you would think yeah. lower the eyebrows but that's literally what he does before he would charge and try to attack somebody wow uh, yeah, it's pretty intense. Working with Typhoon also had many challenges, including erections. Uh, it, <laughs> you see a lot of Shockma's penis in the film, and they had to stop production a lot of times because Shockma would just think or see things which he liked. And so they would need to give Shockma some time uh, off camera, uh, which is just like my grandma used to say, you can plan for the weather, but you can't plan for baboon erections. Well, I mean, technology's advanced a lot it's in the true. past 30 years, so... Yeah. <laughs> No, God. Oh, God, no. <laughs> well, now they would just, uh, they would use a CG baboon that has no genitalia. That's true. Yeah. Oh, like the wolves. So there's, um, like, a lot of dogs or wolves, like the dire wolves in Game of Thrones, they actually CGI'd their tails because they were supposed to look very, like, stoic. Oh. And they were wagging their tails because they were so happy <laughs> oh geez they were like acting dogs and they saw treats from their handlers so they had to like cgi the tails to be down oh my gosh <laughs> there's just good doggies couldn't yeah there's just tail animators that's just their job uh richard grabs hydrochloric acid to throw on shockma but shockma puts a stop to that go ahead sam uh over i'd like to try the clue in room 408 over uh okay go ahead You've got one key left. Over and out. I have a reveal crystal. Hand over your notebook. Lori exits and plays a reveal crystal, so she gets to see all of his notes. Da 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 da. Um, so it's like a murder mystery now? I'm not sure what's happening. Is this something that would happen in LARPing? So that could. So there are definitely games and mechanics where there is something like a secret knowledge mechanic. Or um, you'll see this a lot with like weekend long LARPs, which technically fall under like the theater LARP category, mm -hmm. um, where there will be some sort of espionage or oracle like you know character or ability and sometimes what that is is you know when you walk into a room write something down and then somebody with this ability can pick up the card and read it okay. and those are those are pretty cool those are those are ways to get around just the technical limitations um of not actually being psychic unfortunately yes for now <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah no that that stuff actually can happen and it's pretty cool uh, game master goes to check on Richard. Uh, Sam wants to hook up in this scene. This scene makes me uncomfortable with him and 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 Weiss. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't run off. Damn. Not now. Why not? Because Bradley's ahead of me. So? Take a breather. Sam, you're so male. Yeah, we see the princess wanting Sam to rescue her, and she's the only one in costume, which we talked about earlier. Uh, the professor locks and exits the elevator, and there are bloody baboon prints everywhere. He then finds acid-faced Richard, retreats to the elevator, and then he sees Shockma at the end of the hall, and Shockma is mad. One of the great shots was we see Shockma running towards the camera, um, which the first time they did that, they realized they needed to put up, uh, they had plexiglass, but then they put up um, wood around so that Shockma oh, would wow. not clear the front of the camera and actually attack them. You know, this, the more you're talking about it, it sounds like this could have actually just been a horror movie, but like yeah. a documentary. Like, this yes. is like one bad moment away from like Typhoon eats an entire cast. Yeah, it's the end. It, it is. It, they said that's how it felt. Um, on set, they would only have about three people, like the crew. Uh, everyone else would was more than happy to leave set for shots because <laughs> everyone is just terrified of, of Typhoon. But this is why Airbud was a dog. Yes. Got it. It, originally, it was Typhoon. Originally, <laughs> Air, Air Baboon. Air yeah. <laughs> Sam and uh, Lori or Tracy hear Shockma, and they know it's Shockma. And then we see Gary, and what kind of quote does Gary have to say? A Star Trek quote. Professor Sorensen, come in, please. Okay. Professor Sorensen, if you can hear me. I've got a transit pass, eh? and I'm beaming up to level four, Captain. Right, because if it's not Lord of the Rings, it's Star Trek. Yeah, nerds. This is, uh, or Star Wars, let's let's be fair. It yeah. could be Star Wars. That's true, it could. <laughs> Nowadays, that's, you know, you get so much. Uh -huh. um, Sam checks it out, hides in a closet, and then we see Shockma just kind of staring around. It's very foreboding. Shockma then sees Sam, and he goes, ape wild on the door. Uh, it's all real. Shockma also relieves himself at this moment. If you look, uh, it's pretty, pretty disturbing that Shockma goes number two in the hallway. Uh, they go up a floor and all the doors are locked. And meanwhile, Shockma is just snacking on Patrick, which I love how they just throughout the film just keep cutting back to Shockma just sitting there eating something. Yes. Oh, uh, what was that? Do you know what it was? It like fruit, watermelon? Yeah, so they're feeding him snacks and he's sitting next to the corpses, oh. but he, the whole time they're just giving him treats because they want to, because otherwise he just looks sort of peaceful. And so they were like, yeah. we have to see his teeth moving, like, you know, and so they're like, oh, this will be creepy if he, they think he's eating the people. But so they really, were teaching Typhoon to kill and, and um, eat humans. Yeah. Well, they're I'm, like, this is, this is good. If you sit by this bloody, you know, yeah. hydrochloric acid face person and eat, we'll, we'll give you more treats. Well, then, like once they were talking about it, I was like, who, who are these actors that had to lay next to the chit, like the, the baboon, oh. like everyone else is deathly afraid of it. And they're like, here, cover yourself in this goo and just lay on the floor. <laughs> I, Put ketchup on yourself. Yeah. And just hang out but, with but then I looked a little closer and it's very rarely ever the actors. It's always yeah. the, uh, it's the handler, the one he likes. Yeah, okay. So he had just gave it a treat and then he lays back down. Um, any of the scenes that are very close to Shakma, it's the handler in a wig. Oh my God. Pretend so to be funny. one of the actors. What is it? It's a high intensity light strobe. It'll blind him. Blind him? Well, temporarily, as long as the batteries last. They decide a brilliant thing to do is to use a strobe light to blind the baboon. 
uh, of course something that does not work at any point in the film (laughs) (laughs) so they find shockma and flash it and it doesn't even matter uh then Sam makes her hold the door while he just takes a slow stroll finding corpses of his friends. Like, he could not be walking slower in this scene. And I'm like, I, she's, what about her, you know? Well, uh, so this is another thing. It's called splitting the party. And it's a thing oh. that you really shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, in tabletops, you shouldn't split the party because now your GM has to handle two groups of people at once. And so one's going to be bored. But... In LARP, you don't split the party because the NPCs are going to come out of the woods and murder you. And as we have seen, such has played out so far. Very, very true. Uh, Sam thinks Richard is alive and goes to get him. And then Tracy decides to take some time just strolling around the halls. Uh, She goes in a room and screams. And then here comes Shakma brutally attacking the door. Uh, Sam gets to Richard, and he sees that he's completely dead and been eaten, and his face is melted off with acid. He's not doing well. Uh, there's a great sequence here where Tracy hides in a cabinet under a sheet, and then Shockma finds her, of course, because they have a sense of smell, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably wearing, like, Chanel Number no. 5 or something, or Red Door. Anyway, uh, Sam distracts Shockma, and they escape to where? The staircase, which is where we've been... 10 times already because we didn't know this, but they only had two rooms, two halls, and the stairs leading to the soundstage. All those stairs we see in the movie were just right where you enter the soundstage. I mean, if Typhoon's pooping all over the place, then I understand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Janitorial staff must have been going crazy. Pretty unhappy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Shakma destroys a laboratory, which was real, that uh, Shakma was done with the day, and started destroying that laboratory, and so they just shot it, and then went back and got close-ups of them smashing stuff, because obviously you can't (laughs) be like, (laughs) could you throw that again? We missed it. Um, So that's all real footage, which is fantastic. Sam and Tracy shout at each other in in a hallway and fluff their sweaty 80s hair, and then it sounds like they need a break, and so do we. So we'll be right back after these words from our sponsor. And we've returned, and Shakma has returned to eat more of Richard and then trash the lab again. Gary's still unaware. We get a call from Tracy. Uh, he boards the elevator, and we see Shakma pushing the buttons. This is one of my favorite images in the film because all the other things that Shakma's doing, you're like, yeah, Babins would probably do that. But why is Shakma trying to operate an elevator? Well, I mean, as a baboon expert, um, yeah. I would, you know, I would say that it's probably enrichment for him. Oh, I mean, true. you know, he's seeing these buttons, they're shiny, yeah. um, you know, there's symbols next to them. So perhaps, you know, he thinks it's a logic game. And if he presses enough, he'll get a treat. That's true. Of human that's, flesh. That, yes, delicious human flesh. Uh, that's, that's probably very true because the, they also noted the director that um, Shakma was very good at using the doorknobs and things. So you, you oh, that's get, terrifying. your doors are locked and stuff because Shakma would see what people would do and then just could do that. Shakma also, they said, for Typhoon, would hit all of the marks. So anywhere that was marked on the floor that the trainers had marked, like he hit all of them. So they would often get shots Whoa. the first time with Shakma because he was supposed to go through the middle of this hallway and then stop in a perfect way and then turn and look. It's like stuff that human actors don't do very well. Yeah. And Typhoon was like perfect at nailing it. Wow, he should have been one of the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's true. Clever girl. Just, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Or just writing one of them. I would like to right? see that. <gasps> Uh, Gary's still completely unaware of what's happening. Gary, get out of the elevator! 
she wants that $1,500 pretty bad. Shockman just mulls him until we get to the fifth floor, and now Shockman's on their floor. Uh, we get a great shot under Shockma, and his jaws are just dripping blood. Um, this, of course, was a fake baboon head, but it looks very cool. Uh, Tracy tries to escape a uh, vent in the bathroom, but um, Shockma mauls her in the stalls, and that's the end of Tracy. I don't understand why her first thought is, let me go to the room where there is no way out. There's a single door in, a yeah. single door out. The windows are really high up. And everything is hard tile and metal, so it's going to be super echoic in there. Yeah. Like, also, she chose a room that doesn't even have a doorknob. It's just a push-open yeah. door. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like that's it's the, the worst door. I don't. What did she think that he like wouldn't crawl into the store stall? Be like, oh, oh well, I'm in the ladies' room. Sorry, please. I'll I'll wait. He goes under that stall so quick too. It's just yeah. like it's not even. Oh yeah, it is. He's like, bitch, I pooped on the floor. Yeah, you think I'm gonna have a problem with yeah. this? I don't even know what you guys use this room for. I go wherever <laughs> I want. Yeah, like go swimming in the bat in the toilet afterwards. It's just I like, mean, eh. sure, just stop and get a drink. Wash his hands. Yes. Sam goes to find Kimberly the princess. He's super intense. You didn't say the code word. Sam, you're bleeding. I've got to talk to you. You like my outfit? Which is sad. Okay, Okay, so here's the thing where we get to dispel the biggest myth. Um, So if you ever watch what we do in the shadows, which is an amazing series um slash movie um like the first episode they're like we need to find virgins to drink their blood and they go straight to a group of larpers larpers are the horniest people i've ever met (laughs) like we like we fuck like it's it's ridiculous how many like i don't know where this larper virgin stereotype comes from yeah because like we get tail a lot and yeah sometimes it's not the best but <laughs> you know neither is like clubbing every friday or Saturday. Right. um but yeah no it's that's i, I think I'm it's surprised it's like residual like 80s nerddom i feel like you know where yeah. they're like the nerds don't have sex they can't like have wants or needs they're just nerds that like to add things you know yeah and it, it didn't keep up with the times either because i bet you anything a lot of it also comes from the fact that like that whole like the whole gaming genre was and continues to be sadly fairly sexist Mm -hmm. um but even more so back then when like there weren't a lot of girls or women involved now we're like it's it's pretty much like there are a lot of you know men women non-binary gender fluid people like every like there are there's a lot of gender diversity now Mm -hmm. in larping and so to say that like oh it's just a bunch of nerdy virgin boys who don't get it on like couldn't be further from the truth (laughs) well i'm happy that that rumor is being dispelled here today then yes though i will definitely confirm that people like kimberly who are like time to put on my sexy princess dress yeah try to seduce this guy away from his girlfriend like they sadly do exist but That's one of the problematic larper types. Oh, they exist in the clubs, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, people and and the guys do it too. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's not a, it's not a no no women dissing on 
women thing here that's staying cooch energy yes. but um it's no i mean there are definitely people who take advantage of the yeah. system who take advantage of the fact that it's like a welcoming community and there are abusers and it's awful and the more we purge them the better and the safer it'll be for everybody but okay. that's my psa i love it <laughs> They decide to do something interesting. Also, they see Laura in her car and try to hit her car with cutlery that they throw out of the vents. Sure. Uh, this seemed like something that was kind of LARPy, like uh, like you would have some kind of skill moment or something in your LARP where you're like, we've got to vanquish the something by throwing something at it or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of games, especially, uh, you know, fantasy games have archers, um, there are, you know, every sci-fi game has like nerf guns and stuff. So you have to, you got to be hitting targets. You got to be doing stuff. There are, yeah. there are definitely like obstacle courses. I've put up some pretty unfair obstacle courses in my day. <laughs> so yeah, no, absolutely. Very accurate. Maybe That's not with weird. cutlery. Right. That's a little dangerous. Uh, Sam goes to get Tracy and finds out that Gary's been shockmed. Kim sees the bloody prince and Sam sends her back up to get Laura's attention. And he goes into the ladies room and finds Tracy is no more. Uh, Kim finds a scroll that leads her to weapons, which are marbles, in the couch, which she then throws at Laura's car, but still doesn't hit her, the, which means we get two scenes of something just kind of going by the car window while she's listening to music. It's like, yep. it's such an it's interesting- It's just showing sequence. the futility of the situation. Yes. Um, also, all, another reason it's very accurate to LERP is because A, uh, one of the players used used a prop in a way that it was not supposed to be used, and B, the plot has gone completely off the rails. Yes, that is that is very LARP accurate. Okay. <laughs> it is chaos now. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, sadly, they don't hit the car, and Laura just leaves, which is interesting. Uh, Kim leaves a note on the paper for a disturbed Sam who slowly walks around carrying the dead Tracy, so he can give her a proper burial and a kiss just on the floor, just in, sure. just, just right next to another dead body. Uh, Sam heads to the seventh floor and we see Shockma's bloody handprint on the elevator pad. He learns that she went looking for Richard and finds him and Bradley and Shockma, who spares her not. I was nope. sure she was gonna live. And when he kills the princess girl, I was like, oh, Shockma. I was, I was Shockma'd. Like yes. I, I honestly thought that was supposed to be it, but you know what? I'm okay with it. I mean, yeah. There was a point at which I was rooting for Shakma. I was oh, like, yeah. Team Shakma, there's another term uh, called TPK, total party kill, um, where the entire party's dead. Um, I was kind of on team TPK. I was like, yeah. fucking wipe them, all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this totally. is what happens. No, exactly. I mean, Shakma was fine until he started injecting yeah. weird stuff in his guts, you know? This is the danger of animal testing. Yep. Shockma's not playing a game, but that doesn't mean we can't, which means it's time to play real LARPing term or something Dirk made up. Are you ready to play? Oh, dear God. Yes. Number one, a dead dog. Dead dog is real. Yes. Dead dog is the conversation that happens after a LARP where everybody goes to a restaurant um, or it's 3 a.m. and they go to Denny's and they talk yes. about how the game went. Fantastic. Okay. Number two. A floon. Floon is a thing. Yes. Yep. Floon refers to like energy, like having the creative energy to do something. Like yeah. I am out of floon. Yes. Yeah. They described it as an emotional excitement over a lark. Yep. Same thing. 
Same uh, thing. Number three, there's only five. Smogging. Smogging. Yes. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds like putting a smoke screen over something in a plot. I've never used it in my LARP terms, but I can believe it's real. Yeah. So some of these could have been regional. I'm not sure. As you said, yeah. there are so many terms. They said smogging was sharing LARP war stories. Oh, I love that. Smogging. So do you have a, a LARP war story? Oh, God, which one? Um, well, so I, I do, actually. I have quite a few. Um, one of my best memories was I used to be what was called a feastocrat in one of the games I played. And that pretty much meant that I ran feasts. So actual eating events, um, which would have anywhere from a dozen to like hundreds of people. And it was basically like amateurs cater. And I did- So this is real food. This is real food. Okay. Real food, real eating. Okay. Um, and like really skilled culinary people. Um, I'm an Italian kitchen witch, so that's my thing. But I ran a feast once that was, it was meant to make you feel like you were eating too much. Like it's, it was gluttony. I got it. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but I served the dessert course, which was this thing that will go down in infamy called Cherpumple. Whoa. So. Cherpumple. Cherpumple. So okay. a cherpumple is a cherry pie baked inside a chocolate cake on top of a pumpkin pie baked inside a spice cake on top of a blueberry pie baked inside a vanilla cake and Wait. then frosted. <laughs> That's all one thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how you would create such a thing. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I made a mistake. It's not blueberry pie and vanilla. It's an apple pie. Hence, chur, pum, pull. Cherry, pumpkin, apple. And it's, yeah, so, it, and you have to layer them particularly because the chocolate cakes are always like a little, like, moister. So you can't mm. put that on the bottom or it'll just collapse. So it has to be like cherry, then pumpkin, then an apple. So I make this chur, pumple, And I bring it out and the cake in game the effect was that once you begin eating you are compelled to eat until your plate is clean oh my gosh and obviously if they you know if the players weren't comfortable with that they weren't going to be force fed safety first but people took it as a challenge and they're like i'm gonna eat this giant slab of churpumple i'm gonna eat three cakes and three pies and oh my gosh. we actually had someone boot and rally. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, well, they had to uh, release the contents of their full uh, bag of holding. <laughs> gotcha. To refill it. Um, because they had just come off of like five courses of really big, rich food. Right. And then I was like, now you will eat this. And they were like, I will not, I will not be taken down by this. And so they went off to the bathroom and returned and finished. Is there a photo of this dessert? Oh God, there's probably, it's, it's years old at this point, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's going to outlive me. I'll def, I'll look for one. I would <laughs> love to have it. one to post on the Instagram if possible. This sounds yes. epic. It was 
one of my most, if not my most ambitious undertaking. That is amazing. Um, uh, okay, number four, Standby Man. Standby Man. I've never heard of a Standby Man. Okay, could be a regional thing. It is real. Yeah. Uh, it's an NPC impersonator that plays multiple short roles. Oh, okay. So we call that Horde. Horde. Yep, on Got the it. East Coast. Yep, with so a that's D a, in there. Yeah, so okay. yes, with a D. <laughs> yes. Very important. It's H R D E H O R D E, not H O A R D, because it's not a pile of gold. Yeah, a horde. So horde LARPs are a thing. Um, they're usually shorter and they're often very comical and fun. Okay. And so you just go and you have like a stack of roles and you go in you do the role five minutes out next role go go out and those are fun those are usually objective based games okay so those are pretty cool and the last one number five a boffer dirk you didn't make any of these up i didn't make any up i couldn't <laughs> i every single one i read i was like well this is too good yeah yep you probably I, I know you're probably like i'm gonna make this really weird word there's no way it exists i, could, I couldn't oh wait yeah I mean, I, I read Boffer and I was like, that sounds like something I would try to make up. It is. It is. Boffer refers to the kind of weapons that are used in LARP. So a Boffer weapon, um, depending on the game, depending on region, the very basic is that it has a pipe center and padded foam on the striking surface. Uh, Boffer can be a sword, it could be an axe, it could be a hammer, it could be a rolling pin, anything that you bonk somebody with. Okay, perfect. Well, you truly are an expert. Uh, One million points, well played. Thank you, thank you. What uh, do so, I win? Do I win uh, like a day with Typhoon? Yes, I wish, that would be really <laughs> disturbing now. Like One million points he's, to hang out. He's passed away now, so you would just have like oh. a baboon skull next to you for a while. So he's less dangerous now. In theory. I mean, depending okay. on how you feel in about In theory. Who <laughs> knows? He was injected with super cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> he could come back. I don't know how it works. Um, Sam finds her. Something snaps inside him. Sam does what he does best. He gets a needle. He calls 911, but says nothing until finally saying, Shockma. Shockma. Yeah, which sounds like a really weird prank. Uh, then we see him emerge from the elevator in a white shirt with the blood sort of speckled across his chest, padded forearms, a stick with a needle on one end, and uh, and a flashlight in the other. I think I'm going to be this for next Halloween. I think that would be great. And I yeah. think everybody would immediately know where it's from. <laughs> They're like, are you Chris Atkins in Shockma? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. How did you know? Oh, my gosh. You're one of the five people that's seen this. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, or I'll just be shocked my cosplay. So if you ever see oh, someone yeah. dressed like this, it's, it's probably me. That'd be great. But you have to have a Kimberly with you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, she's dead by this point, so. That's true. Well, I guess I'll have her with a baboon just hanging off of her neck. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sam does some questionable electrical work, creates an electrified pool of water, and at the center puts a cage with a white rat in it. Shockma gets there and gets to the rat and gets electrified. Uh, it doesn't hurt Shockma really, but it definitely fries that rat. So that's yeah. very disturbing. Because if we're going to go for animal cruelty here, we may go for the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, Shockma's nowhere to be found. Shockma jumps him and he stabs Shockma. And Shockma retreats. In a daze, he wanders. 
into the room where they incinerate the things, the things where Shakma was in the initial beginning of the film. So we've come full circle. Uh, he looks at himself in a mirror. Shakma sees him, follows him into the room. In this scene, <laughs> urinates before then je- leaping into the reflection. If you go back and watch it in the door frame, Shakma's just letting it go. Uh, and Shakma jumps. On cue. Yeah, on cue. Jumps through the mirror, goes up in flames. Sam stumbles through the dark as we hear over and over, I win, I win, I win. He collapses and says, I win, I win, as it pans up to the toy monkey and the end of Shakma. So it's a, what did you call it? Uh, a KTP, a whole party kill. TPK. There it is, a TPK. We have a TPK right here. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's he left. Doesn't. It's left very, yeah, right? It doesn't tell you if he actually survives, but I like to imagine he doesn't. I don't think he does because I don't think it's close to morning and mm. he's bleeding so heavily. He's clearly out of his mind. That's true. Yeah. I mean, though, I mean, 911 just got a weird ass call that just said Shakma. So, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> probably someone's going to try to do a wellness check at some point. That's true. But there was no Shakma, too. So I think that that was just. That's like, true. Yeah, everyone's dead. Uh, so any final thoughts on your experience with Shakma? Yeah, I mean, this was a very, very interesting movie. Definitely followed the party line of cheesy B-horror movies. Um, I think it's interesting in the way that they kind of took the spin of different kinds of gaming because this was like the use of multimedia was actually pretty advanced. The fact that the GM had a computer screen Mm -hmm. that was actually showing the layout um, because those kind of games existed on computers, but they weren't like live action games. There was like Zork and stuff like that. And um, I thought it was really neat that they used that. They used the walkie talkies. They, you know, had tracking mechanics. All of those are actually like really cool sound mechanics for a game now if only there were actual characters <laughs> right sure and sir bradley wasn't it, what we call a, a missing stare um mm-hmm. which is that creepy guy that you just kind of whisper about like stay away from this guy he's dangerous but nobody does anything about um yeah bradley deserved to have his face eaten so i was okay with that <laughs> yeah i did think since you bring up that uh the casting sort of thing is like you, normally in, at this time especially they would all be bradley's they would all be yeah. some sort of flawed super nerd that you couldn't imagine would be doing anything other than playing this game and instead you yeah. have christopher atkins who just seems like a normal person these are people that are all studying to be doctors i think or in yeah. the medical field yeah, so they're not they were all med students and you know no one has glasses with tape over the middle i mean bradley's the closest we get to that but yep. I thought that it is an interesting representation that you have these sort of central characters that look like they have lives outside of of this and they're able to LARP and have a future. It's not one or the other. You know, they, they're promising. Like they have promising careers mm-hmm. too. Like these are medical professionals. Like yeah. you're not going to disdain, you know, your surgeon right. for, for LARPing. And we have, that's like very true in the LARP community. We have doctors and surgeons and lawyers and politicians and you know i i myself am in school to be a therapist um awesome we have a lot of therapists we have we have a lot of you know really 
important, influential, cool people. Like everybody is. I mean, even if even if you are like, you know, the cashier at a comic book store, like the things that you bring that people bring to the table are incredible. And where else are you going to have an outlet for that kind of creative energy than in a world of your own making? Oh, and that's yeah. what these are. That's beautiful. Which brings us to the final questions. These are questions that are just about you. Uh, question number one, are there any common misconceptions about LARPers? About, uh, except the virgin thing? <laughs> oh yeah, we already covered it. Yeah, we covered that with the with the whole, yeah, we, we bang. Um, Though I would say that another one is that a lot of people think that, you know, LARPers have some sort of like inability to like fit in socially, mm. that we LARP because we can't, we can't handle real life or we can't handle real society, which is very much not true. Yeah. Um, LARPing is just another way that we express creative energy and it's no you know, no different from having like a knitting circle or a book club or something, you know, it's a common interest. We like to write and we like to act together. Yeah. Perfect. What is a good day like for a LARP? Oh, from staff side or player side? Ooh, can we hear a little bit of both? Yes. Okay. So a great day for cast, for staff. You get up, people slept last night. Your NPCs slept. They wake up in time for breakfast. They remember to pack a second pair of socks so their feet are dry. They get up. All of the plots are on the wall. People are keeping track of time. They're, you know, it's moving seamlessly. It's a nice machine. You hear that that players are having an emotional time, that they're, you know, really like plowing through their stories, that they're coming up with ideas and they're cracking puzzles and they're they're doing it. They're putting it together. All of your work and your months of writing and creativity, they're coming to a head and they're creating memories. And it's, you know, it, it's so vindicating. And it is just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. Um, that's a great day for, for LARP staff. Awesome. Um, a great day for a LARP player. Um, you slept, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you have a nice, steady pace of content that's interesting to you. One question. Yes. Um, yes. In this film, these people all know each other. They're all friends. Yes. When you go on a LARP, do you know everyone in your quest group or... Well, not always. Yeah. Um, there are definitely friend groups that play together. Um, my husband and I play together. So we, you know, in Future Imperfect, we actually play a couple in that game. Um, and we know pretty much everyone there. But some games are 100 people or larger, just a oh. player base. And new people come in every time. So it's not like this is the set group forever. Um yeah but it's actually a great way of building and expanding a community. Yeah. Cause you don't sure. always know somebody. It sounds like a less stressful uh, sort of party for me. Cause it, for me, the idea of like a large group, I'd be like, Ugh, what do we do? What do we talk about? But this gives you an activity yes. and, a, and, a, and a focal point. Exactly. And it's something that a lot of introverts are drawn to as well because they don't have to spend their emotional energy trying to like integrate with people that yeah they don't really have much in common with yeah. they're they're able to build something and they're like they're playing a game gotcha. and it's, it's more comfortable for a lot of people 
Okay, so I interrupted you. You were talking about a good day. A good day for players. So a good day for players has exciting content. Mm -hmm. It has interesting content, but it's not exhausting. It's not just like four hours of the same combat. You know, it's it's dynamic. It's intriguing, um, and there and there is some downtime. Um, a, there's a memory. There again, I go back to there are stories to be told and memories to be made, and I think as a player to me personally, the interactions I have with other players are just as important as the interactions I have with the plot or with the NPCs. Because yes, the NPCs are you know, driving some of my larger character goals, but the other players are the ones with free will. So we're the ones Got who are kind of like also telling these stories together. That's fantastic. Uh, what are some of your favorite things about LARPing? With 10 years of experience, what, are, what do you think is some of the top things oh yeah um well the banging obviously <laughs> yes <laughs> sure number one's banging <laughs> number one uh, great sex life um so i would say that the biggest thing for me is that i am a very story driven person i am very creative and i love to write and i you know i i love to write i love to sing um i love to craft i love to cook and LARP is one of the few places where I've been able to do all of that at once. And, you know, I get to write stories and build stories without it being like, oh, well, you know, now I have to try to get this published or whatever. Like it's, it's, I get to make it my passion. I get to do it the way I want. Um, you know, I get to play characters who are musicians. So I get to perform without the worries of like finding an agent and booking at this and that, whatever. Uh, I just get to do it. I get to craft things for my costumes. I get to give gifts to other players. Um, I get to cook for friends and I get to impress people without having to like build a restaurant or, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it allows me to do these passions of mine and share them with, again, up to hundreds of people without having to go through all the hoops and red tape of some, uh, you know, being able to produce it in the real world. That's and, amazing. Yeah, it means a lot to me. It's, uh, it's such, such, such a wonderful thing to hear you talk about something that gets so reduced in films to something that's comedic when there's yeah. actually all of this like, you know, heart and community and, you know, it's like yeah. you really sort of flesh out this big picture that you would see in a movie like uh, Role Models or something. And you're like, there's got to be more to it than just a punchline, you know? Exactly, exactly. And there is, and I get it. If you look across the football field and you see a bunch of, you know, kids in capes and, you know, they're just wailing on each other. I, I get it. It looks weird. It's different. You don't, you don't usually see that, but like, maybe just take a second, ask someone what they're doing. We, yeah. I can't tell you how many times we had people like come to our fight practices and they'd be like, what are you doing? And we invite them in and they have a great time. You don't just beat them with foam sticks. No, we let them beat us with foam sticks. Oh, and then cool. we beat them with foam <laughs> there you sticks. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any advice for someone who, like you said, um, is maybe introverted and interested in checking out the world of LARPing? Um, what, could, what could they do? Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is, you know, if you don't have any friends who are into LARPing, so you don't have any like personal connections, I would say check out local Facebook groups. So um, Facebook groups or there are websites you can just Google like LARPs in my LARPs in my state, LARPs in my county. Um, and there are there are listings, there are maps of places like that. 
and go to their websites. Number one, go to their websites and their online presence because you learn a lot and you, most games, you don't have to sign up for the game before joining like the Facebook group or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to see that and see what the community is like ahead of time can be really helpful to kind of understand the dynamic. Um, I, I think, you know, doing that, easing in, and then trying to find someone who, you know, you can ask questions of. And hopefully, you know, that could be a staff member. Um, hopefully they are public and they are actively, you know, looking to help. Um, and I would say go from there, you know, let people know, because you are not the only person who has like social anxiety or, you know, is introverted or, you know, doesn't, doesn't usually start these things on their own. Um, we're used to it and we welcome you and we want you to feel comfortable and whatever, you know, whatever setting game character build you find, you know, just always re- always remember the player comes first um we have a big saying we have another acronym rlcf which is real life comes first and you know never feel like if you're if you join a game and you're like you're being pressured to do things that you're really not okay with you don't have to stay you don't have to do it it's it's great to make yourself uncomfortable and push your boundaries and that's Mm -hmm. a like one of the biggest things you can get out of LARP is being able to push your boundaries but you know don't don't feel like you have to be more extroverted than you really are don't feel like you have to do things you wouldn't normally do um it's okay you know maintain your maintain your boundaries and ask for help when you need to awesome I know that kind of goes beyond the getting started question but ah but that's perfect those are things that would come up while they're getting started exactly Uh, which brings us to the final question, and it's my favorite question. Ooh. What are your dreams like? Kumquat. Um, no. <laughs> so uh, my, my real life dreams, like when uh, like I go to sleepy sleep. Sleepy time, yeah. I swear to God, I'm not lying. LARP. Really? I, I cannot tell you. Last night, I dreamed of LARP. Wow. Two nights ago. I dreamed of LARP. Participating or planning? Both. So I have done, I have dreamed out multiple LARP events in, yeah. Like, so the, the one I did last night was really, or I was like playing it. It was really interesting. It was like a combination of like, um, like hacker stuff. And Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, there was uh, an ape trapped it was like a mojo jojo style ape trapped in a prison cell and was the bad guy and we had to stop him from being released from his cell wow. <laughs> it was really cool but um i've done a lot i've like come up like with these really bizarre ideas for things like um a ghost hunting larp where you use rfid tags and a phone app to see spectral activity and things like that like these really cool cool ideas that i wouldn't come up with awake but when i sleep (laughs) they just kind of float into my head um yeah i just had one on like the stormlight archive from brandon sanderson because i have been plowing through those books so my brain built an entire larp around that (laughs) it just happened that's called the stormlight archive the Stormlight Archive, yeah, okay. it's a fantastic series. I 
mm, Brandy Sandy. He's, he's got me. Um, but yeah, no, I do that a lot. I do a lot of, when they aren't stress dreams, a lot of times <laughs> they are, they are LARP dreams or lucid dreams where I'm walking around and I'm like, well, I know I'm dreaming, but I'm just going to hang out. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking time to watch Shakma. Thanks for being open to this uh, conversation and for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is an awesome topic. And now I'm going to share this podcast with everyone. Oh, well, thank you.